Cheeseheads in Chicagoland. It is the best podcast about the Green Bay Packers recording in the beautiful Loop Studios of Radio DePaul Sports. I'm Mike Fleischman. That's Matt Malamsetter. Hey, we are here. It's after draft time. It's been a while since we recorded a podcast because we had nothing to talk about and I was in Indiana and you were doing cool things as well, but we're back now. I have a question sure. that I've been wondering about because I've had um, a silly a silly song stuck in my head for a couple of days. What I, is it? Uh, Careless Whisper by George Michael. Can you sing it? I recorded a version of it okay. yesterday because it was. I heard it in a grocery store and it got stuck in my head. A great place to hear a song. Yeah, and a rare place to hear a song. Apparently... Music in grocery stores becoming less common. Interesting. You know, if you if you shop at Aldi, normally like I do. Sure. Okay. I, I no music in Aldi. I keep I keep my ear earbuds. Uh, yeah, in. you got the airpo- the AirPods in yeah, at all times. I do have the AirPods in at all times. Yeah. Which yeah, that's I also do frequently, but there's a there's like a Polish grocery store down by my place, and they play like the old school. Yeah. Like light FM classics. Yeah. And I heard Careless Whisper. I had to record a version of it. Uh, careless whisper cool for a number of reasons that i i don't need to go into i wish you would can you give me the top three reasons it's cool okay so careless whisper i played it i i recorded a version of it it's in it's in d minor okay i recorded a version of it in a minor so i'm going to talk about it as if it was an a minor all right uh the the big melody line in careless whisper which i'm going to edit in there starts on a B natural. Okay. So the chord that that is over is an A minor seventh chord, meaning that your root is, of course, A. Minor means that you have a flatted third, which is a C natural. Mm -hmm. And seventh means that you are also playing the note, uh, the seventh, which is one step below the octave, which in A minor is G. Okay. So... You have a series, uh, you have a chord that features A and C, Mm -hmm. and then your melody starts on B, which is a full step up from A and a half step down from C, which creates a very strange tension in how that melody line, that descending melody line that Mm -hmm. anchors the song starts, which is very, very strange and good because it's a weird place (laughs) on, on a second to begin a melody line, especially in a, a minor seventh chord okay, because you're essentially sounding A, B, and C simultaneously. You know, so your fingers are just sort of like mushed. Yeah, on, just kind of... Yeah, if you wanted to play all those notes simultaneously like in the same, yeah. you know, in the same octave range, but that is very odd. Okay. And it creates a really cool tension. The second time down that melody line, all right. your chord is... If you're playing the song in A minor, that your chord is D minor for the second chord, and so the second time down, your your descending progression that melody line starts on G, which is the fifth of D and is mm-hmm. much more friendly. Okay. So it just has this really cool way of like starting with a very very tense melody line, okay, kind of and then beat. playing that same melody line mm-hmm. in a way that's much more complementary. And I don't know, George Michael, vastly underrated. Cool. Kind of a, a, a guy whose music 
was both very emotional and very goofy mm-hmm. through his career. And yeah, Careless Whisper, uh, crazy song. Uh, if you listen to my SoundCloud version of it, please, please roast me for the. Is it singing. up? Yeah, it's up. Okay. Please roast me for the way I sing it. It is unbelievable. All right. How bad it is. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm not even gonna say don't roast me on that one. No, I because well. I have listened to it twice and been like, oh my god. Uh, the Packers had a draft, but yeah, I did. wanted to ask you a question sure. first. And the music was kind of a part of that. If you go back to like young Matt, mm-hmm. is there like a musical band or a phase that you were super into that nowadays you're like, hmm, that's um, embarrassing. Uh, you know, I, I I really didn't get into music until I was like in high school, and a lot of the music that I listened to in high school is still the music that I listen to today. Uh, I kind of started off with like. Lupe Fiasco and Kanye West and stuff, and I still like all that. But I do have one memory that is rather embarrassing. Um, I, I, I was. I bet I was seven years old. I, be, I was still of the age where they gave you stickers at the grocery store. Sure. Um, and she gave me a sticker. The woman working the cashier spot gave me a sticker, and I said, "You know what my favorite band is?" And she said, "Huh?" And I said, "Fallout Boy." <laughs> Fallout Boy, age seven. <laughs> I was like six or seven. I had no idea. Sure. I, Heard one song on the radio, but I decided they were my favorite band, uh, and she gave me two stickers. Do you? Uh, you don't remember, but I had. I grew up in a cassette tape era, no, so I don't if you remember. went to Shopco, sure, and bought cassettes when you were a kid, I had. Um, hey, first off, before we get into this, I yeah. do want to say rest in peace, Shopco in Aberdeen, South Dakota. Actually, the Shopco that I worked at, ma- yeah, Mass Closings. Mass clothing, it's gone now. Um, yeah, I think the Shopco in Rothschild, Wisconsin, is still there. Good. I could be wrong about that, but that was a, a first job for a lot of people I knew, although yeah. not for me. I was I was more of a burger flipper. One time I had a, a City League basketball game, and I, I left early. Okay. Said, All right. See you, guys. I have a basketball game. I was, I was, not, pre- <laughs> I was not presentable enough for like a, a retail job, like a Shopco job or a Target job. Uh, my girlfriend worked at Target. Um, but we, I had cassette tapes by... There was a band featuring two. Um, I, they were very platinum blonde twins who played uh, guitar. They were the okay. Nelson twins, and their band was called Nelson. And they had like they played like like sort of pop hair metal. Sure. And I had that. Um, what was what was the front of the cassette tape like? Did it have? An I think it was like the, the two of them standing on the front of the album cover. Back yeah, to back. Yeah, possibly back to back. Back to back, arms crossed. Arms crossed. Hair up. That, guitars leaning against their knees. That might be like also Millie Vanilli's album cover. Sure. Yeah, but I think that should be of... everyone's album cover. If you're a duo, that has to be your album cover. There's like a if lot. If I of... became president, that's the first thing. That's the first executive order I pass. Everyone has their arms crossed. Every single duo's album cover has to be back to back, arms crossed. All right, I'm I'm completely in favor of it. Yeah, Congress. I have will no be excuse well. too because I I knew plenty of people who's like, you know, my taste in music were, was complete cheese. I mean, it still is to an extent. Sure. I I I've I went like in a very sort of like searching for authenticity direction in my teens, but. I still like goofy garbage because yeah. that's awesome. Yeah, these days I'm less embarrassed by it, but like Nelson and Millie Vanilli, and I think my like early love of Green Day when they first broke in the sure. '90s is completely informed by my love of ridiculous like like in like harmonies based around two and a half chords. Yeah, and that that sort of thing. Music is fun. The Packers did have a draft. Packers had a draft. Um, 
which I know a lot more about than I do chords or scales cool. or notes. Yeah. So I, all those I, moments where I was saying, huh, uh, all yeah, right. I, I know. I was wondering why you sent me through that because I'm trying to learn. It's been, it's been in my brain. Um, you talk about like the cool things you can do with a major seventh chord inside of a minor, minor key progression later. Sure. But big thing in this draft is of course, number one pick for Sean Gary out of Michigan. Yeah. That's where we're going to start with the segment. I wrote down, I wrote down all the draft picks. That's, High school softball batting averages. These are draft picks. Sure. Who is the best batting average on that last page? Oh, let's, uh, this is a, oh my God, you're going to make me digress again. The Laporte Slicers softball team. Yeah. Yeah. That's a Friday great, that's and a great Saturday. Name. That's a great name. Friday, there was a, a company that made meat slicers in the, in the <laughs> town. So they were the slicers. Everything is orange. Their team colors are orange and black. A lot like the Packers. That city is orange and black all the way. Wow. Like campaign signs are orange and black. Whoa. It's election season and there are campaign <laughs> signs. Not even red, like, white, and blue. No, they're <laughs> orange and black. <laughs> so the slicers played Friday night and they won 16-15 on a walk-off home run in the bottom of the eighth. Oh. And then they played Saturday morning and they won 11-10. On a walk-off home run in the bottom of the eighth? No, on a Dang. on a uh, go-ahead single in the uh, in the bottom of the sixth. And okay, then one closing it out in the seventh. Mm -hmm. uh, so I was just for we both of our games were rained out early this week yeah. because it's still raining. But I, I put together a list of what the batters did in those two games. So you've got leadoff hitter, three of six, five runs scored, six RBIs, two walks, two hit by pitch, a double and a home run. Uh, number two hitter, six of nine with six runs scored, two RBIs, a walk and a double. Uh, the number three hitter, five of nine with two runs scored, six RBIs, a stolen base and two doubles. The cleanup hitter, four of eight with two runs scored, two RBIs, a walk, a double and a triple. Um, let's see, then there's, a, um, yeah, six hole hitter did not have a good run of it. Yeah. <laughs> Sucks for them. Everyone yeah. else was hitting. Uh, catcher, three of eight, a run scored, four RBIs, a hit by pitch, a double, and a home run. Uh, the right fielder, two of four, with two runs scored, an RBI, walking a home run. Okay, but here's the starting pitcher. Yeah. Starting pitcher over two games, 14 and a third innings pitched, 18 hits, 19 runs, 16 of them earned, 12 walks, 14 strikeouts, 5 hit batters, and 5 wild pitches. Oh! Oh! The radio was good this weekend. Rough, rough, if, rough weekend for that pitcher. If you, two wins. Two wins, though. 2 0. W's are the stat that matters. <laughs> if you're not listening to Slicer Softball on a 95.9 We FM out of Michigan City, you are missing out on an absolutely wild ride. Okay, draft. Draft. Rashawn Gary is your number one pick. Mm hmm. Uh, 12th out of Michigan. This is the Packers' actual draft pick at 12. Yeah. A lot of talent that the Packers had their eye on came off the board immediately in front of that pick. Yeah. But to hear the press sources close to Gutkins tell it, no matter where he was drafting, he was taking Rashawn Gary. Yeah. And, and Rashawn Gary, you know, one of the quotes that I heard about it was that his production in terms of sack totals and tackle totals and all that isn't quite there, but he would have led the NCAA in a stat that is not counted, which is broken plays, busted plays, is that he led the way for the guys behind him, the Devin Bushes behind him, to get to the quarterback and make their plays because he was sucking up three blockers and destroying all three of them. Well, I tell you what, when when 
national sports writers write about the Packers draft. Thing one in the lead paragraph is numbers at Michigan. Very low for Gary overall. Not the kind of numbers that you'd expect, but you take a look and you're a guy who who loves the draft combine and the physical stuff. I figured you'd have a thing or two on Gary. Uh, A man who is, is... I my bullet point on him is huge, strong, and fast. And and fast should be in all capital letters and in italics and underlined and bolded. Uh, he ran a four five eight at the forty. Anyways, two hundred and seventy eight. He's the only person ever above two seventy five to run a four five eight. He's the fastest man in NFL history at that weight. He is insane as a physical specimen, as an athlete, and as a pure athletic man, Rashawn Gary, is absurd. And, you know, what it comes down to for, for me for this pick is is looking at what the Packers have done with their defensive line. Guys like Dean Lowry, who were back half picks, like sixth and seventh round picks, uh, have really found success in the Packers system because the Packers coaching staff is able to get a lot out of those guys. We see where Kenny Clark came in at the league at like 19 years old. He's 23 and is just picked up his fifth-year option. He's exceptional. He was a huge prospect coming out, a massive physical specimen, a crazy athlete who was taught and honed and has become this Aaron Donald-esque, maybe the only player who can rival Aaron Donald in his impact on the game. I think Rashawn Gary's going to be huge for the Packers. While he might not immediately get a bunch of sack totals and stuff, I think he's going to open the way for Preston and Zedaria Smith. You have a lot of footage of him just getting du- not only double teamed, triple, triple teamed in Min- in Michigan. Of course, teams were running away from Gary yeah. at all times. This was a guy who was the number one focus of your game plan if you were playing Michigan. Yeah. And it it is worth noting as well that he has a lot of what they call the intangibles mm-hmm. or the, the really positive character traits. He yeah. seems he seems to be fully ready to have a public persona yeah. as a professional athlete, which is, I don't know, it's neither here nor there, but it, it really speaks to his presentation that he has this at 20, 21, 22 years yeah. old. There's a guy coming out of college. Mm-hmm. He's, he's ready, ready for what comes next by all accounts, but this is a work in progress and when you look at where the Packers spent their money in free agency, they gave four, three or four year deals to the Smiths, yep. Preston and Zadarius. So you've got, you've got Rashawn Gary who can play three, three or four spots, play everywhere he, on the defense. And then you've got a couple of guys that you just paid to rush the passer and play outside linebacker as well. Yeah. It's turned a position of complete need for the Packers into a position where not only do you have established players now you have depth yeah as well it's totally a, quite a turnaround yes and and it's important to note that a lot of times Rashawn Gary played on the line in college so at Michigan a lot of the times he played kind of a defensive end sometimes shifting inside playing a little bit of the interior defensive line when he was announced at the draft he was announced as a linebacker so kind of a big thing with Rashawn Gary is that he can play anywhere on the defensive line as a pass rusher as a run defender as a interior defensive lineman as a defensive end in Mike Daniels spot as a nine tech way out wide as a three tech as a standing edge rusher 
just trying to bull rush the tackle. Like he can do anything. And that's kind of a big tenet of Petten's system is disguising blitzes and having guys out there that can do a whole variety of things and can play in a whole variety of positions. I think the biggest thing with Gary is that year one in the NFL, and I'm not about to make like an insane statement here, but year one in the NFL, he's, he's going to be for the first time, most likely in his football career, not the game plan yeah. focus of the opposing team. Yeah. Yep. I'm yeah. not saying it's going to be easier no. than playing at Michigan. It's going to be way harder. Yeah. And it's going to take a, a lot of effort, but this will be the first time, most likely since Pop Warner, yeah. that he was not the person that the other team was worried about first and foremost. Yeah, and and you see that like in his tape at Michigan, it's a lot of a lot of plays where he's getting immediately picked up by a tackle on a guard, and then a lot of times there's a tight end on his side to chip as well before the tight end runs around. Um, so yeah, this might be the first time that Rashawn Gary's not facing three blockers. Here's right the away. thing, too, that there are there are slowly a lot. Of, I'll start the sentence again. Sure. Right there again. are a lot of film compilations of Rashawn Gary being double teamed. Yeah. He doesn't give up. No. In any there's, of those there's compilations. There's no motor issues with Rashawn Gary. There was a, a, a little bit of talk before the uh, the combine about him taking plays off and how that influences production. I didn't see it in anything that I watched. It, every single thing that I watched with Rashawn Gary was him getting picked up by three or four guys and still pushing them back and still making an impact and blowing up a play. Yeah, he's one of those guys where if if you double team him, I'm not going to name name names here, but uh, a certain Detroit Lions and yeah Los Angeles Rams yeah defensive tackle who uh, you, sometimes you hit him with the double team and he decides like all right you did your work yeah you got You're me fine uh, Gary makes sure that you know. That yep. he doesn't like being double teamed and he's going to keep fighting you. Uh, number two draft pick uh, in the first round. Packers, of course, had pick number 30 yep. in the first round going into the draft. They move up in a trade with Seattle. Yes, with Seattle. With Seattle trading them that 30th pick and both of their fourth rounders to get pick number 21. Mm-hmm. And with that pick, they pick safety Darnell Savage out of Maryland or Maryland. If you don't want to say it the way I just said it, that's all right. Savage, I've got him written down as 5'11, 200 pounds. He's fast. He's mean. Is he big enough to play in the NFL? Yeah, I think so. Seems to be the only question. Yeah. With Savage. uh, A lot of his measurables match up almost exactly with Earl Thomas. Earl Thomas was about 5'10 and three quarters, about 200 pounds when he came into the league. Um, A ton of similarities in the way that Savage plays to the way Earl Thomas plays. Uh, Savage has a lot of like great coverage and ball skills. He can play up at the line a little bit. He's a, a willing and excited tackler. Reminds me a lot of Jair Alexander in that way, of that he is so excited to lay the smackdown on anyone that comes near him. Um, he can play that deep, single-high safety, that, that, that Earl Thomas kind of free-ranging guy. Uh, a lot like how the Bears used Eddie Jackson across from Adrian Amos last year strangely enough yeah um i think darnell savage is the best pick that the packers made i you know at 30 i wanted nasir adderley i didn't think savage was gonna make it to 30 moving up is perfect i he he he's the best safety in this draft class him and him and adderley another situation just like edge rusher outside linebacker Mm -hmm. where coming into last season 
safety is a huge problem. You've got Kentrell Bryce, who is not good. Not good. Yeah, You've not, got not Ha Ha Clinton Dix, who not is not good and not really interested. Yeah, not trying. Behind him, you've got Josh Jones, who is still a huge question mark. Mm-hmm. You've got some guys that no longer exist on the team. Yep. And now going into it, you have Adrian Amos on a free agent contract in the prime of his career. Yeah. You've got a number one draft pick who, oh, anything can happen, but this guy's got unanimous uh, at, an, an analysis as a guy who's going to be a first-year contributor. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he's going to start day one. You've There's got, no question in my mind. You've got Tremont Williams, who is 59 years old mm-hmm. and still willing to have teams sign him behind him. Yeah. And you've also got Josh Jones. Yeah. And you still have Josh Jones. As as a another huge question mark. Mm-hmm. But this safety group has gone from something where you're, you're literally starting Kentrell Bryce. Yeah. To, <laughs> you're forced to start yeah. Kentrell Bryce. Uh, yeah, you gun to your head. You have to start. You, you must Bryce. start Kentrell Bryce. <laughs> to now to starting Adrian Amos and most likely an, a a first round draft pick. Yeah, and 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 a, with depth behind him, with depth behind them, and a much improved cornerback room as well. In Jair Alexander, one year into his NFL development, Josh Jackson. One year into his NFL development, uh, I saw a stat today that Josh Jackson's yards allowed per um, coverage snaps or receptions allowed per coverage snaps or something was was one reception every 9.4 coverage snaps. Xavier Rhodes was one reception every 9.5 coverage snaps. So Josh Jackson, while we didn't, he didn't pass the eye test exactly perfectly last year. He looked a little bit lost in some situations, was still effective at times. He sure. was somebody that never gave up, and he was always trying. Uh, and so I think there's going to be a big step forward for Josh Jackson coming from that zone scheme in Iowa to Petten's man scheme in Green Bay. Jair Alexander is going to be even better than he was last year, and he was already the best rookie cornerback last year. Kevin King still exists. Kevin King still, still exists. Still probably still dealing. injured. Yeah, probably probably dealing with lifelong injuries at this point. A do or die year for him. Yeah. Um not a ton of pressure from the Packers side in that you know who your top two cornerbacks yeah. are. But Tremont Williams as well. Yeah, Tremont Tremont Williams still out there. Tony Brown still exists. Yeah. Uh Kadar completely Hol- different secondary, I was gonna say. We'll get to Kadar yeah, Holman uh, in, in yeah, the for, sixth round. Foreshadowing. I knew I knew you were gonna know about Kadar Holman. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's got the Melum setter, uh Melum setter of <laughs> stats and specs. Uh, round two, pick number 44. Yeah. My first time through this name. Elton yep. Jenkins. Yep. Elton. G is silent. G is silent. Elton. Just like Elton John. All right. I was trying to kind of swallow yeah. and therefore make a G sound. So Elton, Elton Jenkins, guard out of Mississippi State. They say that, like Darnell Savage, He's got a uh, he's got a, a football mental attitude. Yeah, uh, he's played all five positions on the offensive line while at Mississippi State. Packers clearly think that he can probably be a long term solution at right guard. Yep, which has been a bit of a revolving door position for them mm-hmm. between the uh, the last couple of free agent signings: Jari Evans two years ago, Byron Bell, um, uh, Justin McCray. Yeah, they've all kind of rotated in and. Also begs the question of, do they think maybe he is a future right tackle uh, to replace Balaga, or do they think uh, Billy Turner? Yep, I think it. Is, I think it all depends on where Billy Turner lands. Is what Elton Jenkins will be doing. I think it's a question, yeah, of whether or not Balaga has 
the ability to go anymore. Yeah, whether Belaga has one year left in him. Um, yeah, I, I think we'll likely see Billy Turner and Belaga split in time at right tackle if Belaga can make it through the year with Jenkins at right guard. Um, oh boy, I was about to sneeze, but I, I think I got it held back. Another Gutkunst guy, though. Another Gutkunst guy. A big, a big aggressive athlete who has a lot of experience and isn't super old yet. Um, somebody who's basically played all four years at Mississippi State. Um, he played a little bit of tackle and a little bit of guard his sophomore year, and then since then has started, I believe, it's like uh, 25 of 26 games at center in his last two seasons mm-hmm. at Mississippi State. Uh, somebody who has a lot of experience at all positions on the offensive line, feels comfortable at all positions on the offensive line. Um, center, maybe not our biggest issue right now, but... Uh, no, it seems like Lindsley is your guy there. Lindsley's our guy there, but next year, Lane Taylor's contract's up, um, and so that he might be a solution at left guard next year with Billy Turner at right guard, depending on what our tackle situation is. It's all you know, fluid and fun because it's the off season. But yeah, still a position of need. Yeah, the offensive, offensive line, line always a position. You of just need. don't know. You don't know what's what Brian Blog is going to be capable of. Yep. You don't know what a first year guy is going to be capable of. Yep. Billy Turner is a better free agent signing, at least on paper, than Jari Evans or yeah. Byron Bell was. Totally. But again, the- all everything's still on paper. Yep. And you've got a lot of question marks there. Yeah. And the priority has to be to keep Aaron Rodgers upright. Yes. And so, you know, as long as we're, we could spend, the Packers could spend draft capital on offensive line every single year at the top half of the draft. I would not complain. Nope. Last pick in the top four rounds, pick number 75, Jace Sternberger, a, a name that Packers fans will love. Yeah. Tight end out of Texas A&M. My, uh, my bullet points on him fast, deep threat from the tight end, almost more of a slot receiver yep. than a tight end. Yep. Limited route running and blocking skills. Uh, maybe a one and a half season project Yeah, before you can expect anything out of Sternberger at a pro level. You've got Jimmy Graham, weirdly, for the next 16 games at least. Yep. So it's a it's another Gutkunst guy. Yeah, another Gutkunst guy. Somebody, Get used to this. Athletes, yeah. tall guys. Athletes, tall guys, guys who can run and guys who are willing to put in the effort. Sternberger, not a great blocker right now, but he's a willing blocker who does block. He's not somebody who shies away from blocks like we've seen some people named Jermichael Finley do before in the past year. <laughs> um, he will willingly block. He's just not great at it yet. Um, there's a, a few plays that I've seen of Sternberger that made me go, wow, that's very Gronkowski-like. Um I don't think he is a Gronkowski type. He's not that big. Um, but he is somebody who is great after the catch. He's a great athlete in space, and he's too big to be tackled by one cornerback. So in, I, I'm really excited to see Jay Sternberger up the seam this year. So no picks in the fourth because those turned into Darnell Savage. Yep. Round five, pick 150, Kingsley Kiki. Yeah, right back to the Texas A&M pipeline. Right, yeah, right back to Texas A&M. This guy is, at least knows Jay Sternberger. Yeah, God, I hope. Uh, 6'3", 288, has played a bunch of different positions. Not quite your Rashawn Gary type of game no. dominator, but has moved from defensive end to defensive tackle. Yeah. Moved his weight around a lot. Says yeah. that he's probably most comfortable being in that like 280 to 300 pound range and being a nose tackle. Mm-hmm. A uh, complete project depth piece. Some guy, you know, someone who is in the rotation along with guys like Lowry and Montrevious Adams, and Lancaster. Lancaster yeah. yeah, this is this is a just another depth piece that they can have a look at along with those guys. Yeah, and 
more pressure on that on that on those D-line guys who have slowly started to earn themselves playing time. This is a guy who can pressure them from behind most likely will opening day roster possibly practice squad guy when you get into these fifth rounds, but uh yeah, I I think Kingsley will huge. To- I think Kiki will totally make the opening day roster. I think I think he's a a day one rotational piece. I think I think he's above a Lancaster but below a Lowry. Probably seeing time over Montrevious Adams, if we're being honest. I'm not a big I'm not big on Montrevious Adams. Hasn't shown a lot. Hasn't shown a lot. I think he's a potential cut piece. Which is entirely hard, possible. Hard to say for a guy who was drafted so early. Um but yeah, I, I'm really, really high on Kiki. I, I, I think he's got great moves. So variable from where he I mean he started his career at Kansas as a interior defensive lineman in his senior year he lost twenty pounds, bounced outside to be a defensive end and an edge rusher, and in that season outside, he had 51 tackles, 11 tackles for a loss, and led the Aggies in sacks with seven. Um, so he's shown the ability to be successful at every single spot on the line. Um, I'm this is a I think this is a great draft pick. This another position where you you do of course have Mike Daniels who has been very injured. Yep, he's in the last year of his contract. Him, yeah, haven't seen him healthy, but it is a contract year. Yeah. Good time for a contract year for Mike Daniels, yeah. tell you what. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you got guys like Adams, who is looking like a huge bust at this point. Yeah. Just someone who hasn't been able to get himself playing time. And if you weren't able to get yourself a lot of playing time last year, when Muhammad Wilkerson goes down. You're not going to be able to get any time this yeah, year. Yeah, you're probably not going to be able to get any time this year. Guys like Dean Lowry, who are like, the, Dean Lowry certainly alive. Yeah, he's certainly in in the middle of things there. Yeah, he and Dean Lowry, I, I thought really came on towards the end of the year. Yep. Him and Tyler Lancaster really came on towards the end of the year. I think Lowry showed a lot more than Lancaster, but I think Lowry's a a great rotational piece. He's not somebody I would ever say go out there and be our every single down no. defensive end, but he's a good rotational rusher and he's he's decent in in run coverage. Moving into round six, here's where we get back to. Uh, a, a Melum Setter guy, pick 185, Kadar Holman. Yeah. Cornerback out of Toledo. I'm really this excited guy. about this guy. Oh, boy. I'm really excited about this here's guy. My, here's my, uh, you, you say your thing. Here's my bullet points. Yeah. Walk on at Toledo. Very, very, very fast. Yeah. That's all I got. I think he ran like a 4-3-6 or something. Mm-hmm. He ran something very similar to Darno Savage. Yep. I think he's also like six foot one. Yeah. He's he's big. He's a excited tackler. Um, He... he he will play the run. He will play the screen passes. He will play coming downfield, aggressive style. I think next year, you know, if, if Kadar Holman makes it onto the, the playing field a lot with Jair and, and Darnell Savage, we're going to see a lot of those, like, photo poses, you know? like Sure. A lot of those back-to-back, arms crossed type things yeah. after a big play. Um, Kadar Holman last year uh, had, in 2018, he had 42 tackles, one interception, 12 pass breakups. Those 12 pass breakups tied for the conference lead out in Toledo. God knows what conference Toledo plays in. I have no idea. Um, I do know that if you walk onto a football program, become a starter, and then get drafted in the NFL, you you have a good kind of yeah, attitude. You have a full aggressive attitude. I Yeah, man. this I think this is a great pick in the sixth round. A lot of great cornerbacks slipped pretty far in this, this draft. I know the Lions picked up, uh, oh God, I always forget how to pronounce his name, Omari. Umanyawe, I think it is. Um, yeah, take your word on that one. Take my word on it. I, I thought he was like a second-round guy. Lions got him in the fifth or sixth. Um, 
there, there's a lot of great cornerback talent that slipped this year. Um, and I think the Packers got one of those kind of guys, get our home. Let's see, final, uh, there are two more draft picks to go. This one had me scratching my head, 194th pick, still in the sixth round. Dexter Williams, running back out of Notre Dame. A optimistic scout's reading on Williams is that he's a zone runner with really similar similar measurables to Aaron Jones. Yeah. So uh, immediately your thought is, okay, a third string running back. My question is, do you need to draft a third string running back? Yeah. The, the team seems to really like, Williams, there's a lot of really good press again. Like, there's a lot of like really strong stuff being written about like the kind of guy he is. Yeah, and it seems as though a lot of people are very big on this draft pick. Yeah, and you win me over when you when you get me thinking at least like, all right, this is going to be a run oriented team, much more so than it was last year. Yeah, the last couple of seasons in which they've had. Williams and Jones together in the backfield. This mm-hmm. is a season where those guys are going to start getting the amount of carries that they're supposed to get. Yeah. Third running back starts to seem like a better idea when you consider the direction that this team is taking. Yeah, you know, I I agree with you. I don't I don't think there's a reason to draft a third string running back a lot of the time, especially if you're reaching up into like the third round. Uh but but Dexter Williams at the back half of the sixth round, I don't really have an issue with. Um, so many of these guys that you take in the back half of the sixth round are going to be like a special teamer, or and that's what we took in the seventh round with Ty Summers. Um, but, you know, I, I really think Dexter Williams can be a guy who's getting five carries a game. Somebody who's who's spot spotting in, and especially with the injury inconsistencies with Aaron Jones, Always nice to, nice to have somebody talented with a similar running style in that committee. A guy to step in if he gets another pointless weed suspension. Yeah, some nonsense like that. Some garbage. I'm guy. not gonna. I'm not even just knock right on the table. Not even gonna go there. Uh, seventh pick, the final, the final one, pick number two hundred twenty-six. It's Ty Summers, a linebacker out of TCU. I don't know anything about the guy. Uh, me neither, really. All right, seems like a big effort guy um probably a guy who spends two years on the uh special teams roster not roster but the special teams lineups i suppose uh you know as a gunner or something um so basically a new athlete for our new special teams coordinator yeah new athlete for a special teams coordinator maybe in two years we'll see him his name is not ron zook who's not ron zook maybe in two years we'll see him playing a little bit of defense but i think for the most part it'll be ty summers is the special teams guy so that's the draft picks. Yeah, had a couple in the fourth. One of them came from the Ha Ha Clinton Dix trade. I think it's interesting that you trade Ha Ha Clinton Dix and use the draft pick you get in return in part to find the his, guy who takes his his spot, his replacement. Yeah, um, we have a lot of undrafted free agents. And we stuff do like that. I'll, I can read through that list. Uh, Go ahead. I, I I of course don't recognize anyone on there because college football n- not my thing at all. Yeah, I don't really care about anyone on this list. Uh Yash Nijam out of Virginia Tech, he's a 6 foot 7, 324 pounds offensive tackle. I'm excited about okay, that. Then. I'm excited about that. Uh who else did I see? On that this? guy's just going to walk in and like pick up uh pick up Spriggs and like throw yeah, him out a window. And just throw him just Get out of here, Jason. Um, nobody else I really was interested in. We have a kicker who was invited to the rookie minicamp. 
Um, those guys are allowed to go to multiple uh, camps. Uh, There's one very good name. A wide receiver who tried to convert to cornerback. Yes. Uh, Kabian Ento out of Colorado. Yes. Six foot one, 194 pounds. Fantastic name. The Greer Martini of this year yeah, KB is Kabian Ento. Big fan of Kabian Ento. I hope he makes it. Just for, so we have that name. Yeah. Um, yeah, nobody I'm really that excited about in the uh, minicamp invites or in the uh, undrafted free agent signings. Guys who will probably make up a lot of the practice squad or special teams or something. Um, but o- overall, Mike, what are you thinking about this, this draft class? Well, I was really surprised. One, because I was in a bar in Michigan after a softball mm. game, and they were replaying the 2017 draft. Yeah, you texted me about this. And I, I was I was not sober sure. at the time, and the big cryon on the bottom of the screen said live. And then there was a much smaller cryon up in the top portion of the screen that said 2017. Yeah. In very small letters. Sure. <laughs> so I thought I was watching the draft the week before it happened. Yeah. And the Bears had just traded up to the second pick. Yeah. I was about to. In which they selected biscuits. (laughs) And so I was watching them draft (laughs) Mitch Trubisky. And I'm just drunk enough to be like, what am I doing? Yeah. You texted. I was about to go on air for a football show uh, with Charlie Bevins. And I got your text. And I went, hey, Charlie, the Bears just traded for the second pick. And he's like, what? In 2017. And I was like, Oh, no, no, never mind. No. Mike's watching a rerun of the draft. <laughs> Why are they... First off, I, my, my question is, it, it should, it's not your fault at all for getting that mixed <laughs> Oh, up. completely my fault. Because I'm all, cause mainly, I'm like, the fault lands on whoever is dumb enough to watch a rerun of the draft. You know what happened. They had it on in a bar. You know what happened. No one, Who is excited to watch the three and a half minutes of silence while we wait for the team to make their selection. I mean, the NFL Network, a week before the draft, could just, like, you could air a program that is essentially, like, we watch the football deflate in time-lapse. Yeah. (laughs) I don't don't know. I don't care. If you are re-airing the NFL draft from 2017 and 2019, television has died. Yeah, just put a game up. Put a rerun of a game up. But when we get to the real draft, of course, I'm I'm a simple draft man. Yeah, sure. I like offensive skill positions. Yeah, one and you didn't draft one of those. Here's, here's until Sternberger. Here's our so our Packers. Everyone offensive, takes me by surprise. Yeah, here's our offense. Our Packers offensive skill position stat of the day is that Aaron Rodgers never played with a offensive skill position player drafted by the Packers in the first round. Huh. There's we've ne- in Aaron Rodgers tenure in Green Bay. The Green Bay Packers have never once drafted a wide receiver or a running back in the first round. All right, or then. a tight end. Um. Has not happened. Uh, why, why start now? Why start now? Who cares? Uh, so, yeah, I, I was I was fully expecting a with those moves at the edge in free agency. I was fully expecting a offensive skill position to go at twelve or thirty. Hawkinson goes at eight to the Lions. Um, he was kind of somebody talked about at twelve for the Packers. They're gonna like that pick. That guy works. He he's good. Yeah, he's good. Um. But yeah, no. It, Oliver it, goes. Oliver goes at nine to the Bills, um, and that was really about everybody that I thought the Packers would take at twelve. I mean, Metcalf slipped so far. Um, Ends up with the Seahawks. He's on my bullet point list of like second half of the show. Yeah, things. Uh, that's 
That's a good pick for the Seahawks. That's a great pick for the Seahawks. That's a good idea. It's a great pick for the Seahawks. Doug Baldwin might not ever be coming back. Um, they need somebody over there, mm-hmm. uh, and that could be it. But, yeah, no, I, I was a little bit disappointed day one when the draft happened. And, and, and you know, i super excited about the Darnell Savage pick, a little bit disappointed by the Rashawn Gary pick, um, solely because I wanted somebody who's going to have an impact on offense day one. And I've, I've, I think I've really come around on the Rashawn Gary pick just by watching him play a lot. You know, I, I kind of written off all edge and defensive line outside of Ed Oliver um, just through those free agency signings. And I, after watching some Rashawn Gary games, man, he's, he's, a, he's crazy. He's, 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 he's very motivated. He's, he's motivated. Very good. And there's not many athletes like him in the NFL. Completely agree. Let's take a quick break. Sure. When we come back, I have a bullet point list of other NFL and Packers related things that we can just kind of knock down since we haven't talked in a minute. Yeah. Here on Cheeseheads in Chicagoland. Check out our Facebook group. Leave us, leave us like feedback on the Facebook group. Leave leave us comments about uh, anything you want. It's called Cheeseheads in Chicagoland. Our our dormant Twitter account, which will resume when football resumes, is at Cheesecagoland. Tweet at that, too. Get our attention. Yeah. Uh, I'm on Twitter at MP Fleischman. You're on Twitter at Mellum Setter. Mm-hmm. I'm on Instagram, also at MP Fleischman. If I am on a social media program, it is most likely at MP Fleischman. If you don't find that, I'm not on it. I don't know. I haven't seen you post anything on Instagram in a minute. I, I Yeah, I post on Instagram twice a year, uh, so okay. don't follow my Instagram. All right, don't follow his Instagram. Uh, you, you produce... For the Radio DePaul podcast. I do. You guys just got a, a very long yeah. and quality interview with one of one of my sports heroes, head coach of the DePaul Blue Demons women's basketball team, Doug Bruno. Yeah. And some of their players. So subscribe to the Radio DePaul Sports Podcast, everyone. Yeah, it's it's That'd available. Be a really good idea. It's available everywhere you can, you can get your podcast, Apple Music, Spotify, uh name a podcasting place, you can get it there. You'll name it, we've got it. Um yeah, it's a lot of episodes uh, of of Ryan explains soccer are out right now. There's an episode of Sports Ball where I break down the baseball. Um, but but coming out soon, uh, hopefully in the next week or so, we're going to be breaking down an hour long interview with Doug Bruno, um, where he recaps the women's basketball season, the Big East tournament championship winning yeah. season, yeah, second year in a row, defeating their hated rivals, Marquette. Hated is such a strong word. Yeah, but I hate them. They're fierce rivals. The Marquette Golden Eagles. All right, uh, we'll take a break. We'll be back in a moment uh, on Cheeseheads in Chicagoland. Heads in Chicagoland, we are the best podcast about the Green Bay Packers. Part two of our Cheeseheads in Chicagoland program today. Been a couple of weeks since we had a podcast. Yeah. Been uh, been very busy with the softball baseball season, which yeah. is winding down. So I'm about to have a little bit more time. The Packers are done with the draft. Things are going to take another little break for a little while. Mm-hmm. 
we'll get to the mini camps and the training camps and all that through the summer and episodes will be will be happening throughout that yeah, hopefully totally. we'll, we'll do episodes uh i just can't wait for august I, to roll I can't around wait. i can't wait for football i can't wait for football again i i don't have anything about it but sports illustrated did a very good article that they published recently about the downfall of the AAF. Oh, a longer form look at uh, Charlie Ebersol yeah. and and the, that investor, the Carolina Hurricanes owner, yeah, whose name I don't have at the off the top of my head. But a look at their relationship, a look at the plug was pulled, their bankruptcy filings, eleven million dollars in in declared assets, forty eight million dollars in declared. Um, Debts. Wow. And uh, half a million cash on hand was the final bankruptcy filings for this organization for a year one football league. Whoa. That's right about. Yeah. The, that's not surprising. No. I'm surprised the plug got pulled at Money. that. You know, you're in yeah. you're in a thirty seven million dollar hole. Yeah. But a lot of startups are. Yeah. 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 And I, I, I now, mean, now the now the XFL enters a market without competition. And and they're coming in. <clears throat> the XFL is coming in the year that the collective bargaining agreement yep. will be uh, discussed. I don't. If you are a man with like stupid amount of money, I don't know how you wait. I know I don't know how you don't wait until the XFL yeah. enters the market and you kill him. Yeah, totally. Because you're not Vince McMahon, and therefore you're smart. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. If totally. you're in a room with Vince McMahon and you're wondering who the smarter one is, it's you. It's you. <laughs> All right. So let's. I I've just got bullet points at this point. Sure. Uh, bullet point number one, Brian Gutkunst's type is just the dominating factor of who the Packers get at this point. Yeah. If you look at the Smiths at outside linebacker, they're very, very large. Very large and versatile. Yeah. Yeah. He, he values, he values athletes and especially on defense. Yeah. You know, measurable skills are a real big thing for how he drafts Mm -hmm. and, you know, for, if you were maybe say sick of watching Kentrell Bryce, I was be a step slow to everything. Yeah, yeah, like this. Yeah, oh, God, <laughs> Darnell Savage isn't a step slow to anything. Nope. He he reads it before it's before the quarterback's made a decision. He knows where the quarterback's going, and he also has the speed to get there before the quarterback finishes his delivery. He's he's exceptional. Bullet point number two, one possible offensive skill position was added, and that's Sternberger at tight end. Mm -hmm. Your only major loss at offensive skill positions are, of course, Randall Cobb, who is now a cowboy. Yeah. So you're not, you're standing pat, essentially. Yeah. You know, this this is a real vote of confidence in Geronimo Allison's skills and what he was doing before he got hurt. Uh, He was on pace, actually, for more yards last year than Devontae Adams was. Um, it's a, it's an also a vote of confidence in the three rookies selected last year mm-hmm. that are now going to be second year guys, uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Jamon Moore, and, uh, Economia St. Brown, um, a huge vote of confidence in those guys to not select an AJ Brown at 44, an AJ Brown at 12, a DK Metcalf in any of that range, you know, um, yeah, just a huge boost of 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 positivity towards those well that takes me down a little further down my my loosely organized notes we'll skip a few sure we'll get down to uh a question that i wrote down what are the packers in 2019 here are here are my bullet points that are my attempts to answer that question all right 
The Packers are a team with a first-year head coach who has no head coaching experience. Mm -hmm. They have a Hall of Fame quarterback who has been dogged by multiple injuries for the last at, at least three seasons. Yep. He was playing on a broken leg. For all of 20. For all of last year. Yeah. That's insane. <laughs> like, yeah, no, but, it's insane. You know, the, the, the story of Aaron Rodgers in the last three years is a story of multiple, multiple injuries. Yep. Whether it's the broken collarbone or the essentially like the blown leg. Yeah, and the concussion to year, end the season. The concussion to end the season. Uh, the Packers have a young defense that is completely remaking itself, which is something that we thought they were doing two years ago, three years ago under Dom Capers, but in fact they were just essentially starting Cantrell Bryce. Yeah. Now they are actually remaking themselves. New yes. new defensive coordinator in the second year, an entirely new group at outside linebacker, almost an entirely new group at cornerback. Yeah. Now an entirely new group at safety. Tremont Williams is your real uh, Tremont Williams and Blake Martinez yeah. are your two pieces that are really steady. Of course, Kenny Clark is now a 14-year veteran, yeah. despite only being 17 years old. Yep. Um, Kenny Clark's been in the NFL yeah. since he was three years yes. old, and he's been dominating. <laughs> Started every and he's game. he's not even through puberty. <laughs> yeah. uh, he can hardly bite the back out. Uh, yeah. yeah, no, it's a defense that has completely revamped itself and, and, and reoriented what it looks for in players. You know, previously it was not as interested in athleticism or speed, but in guys that could adapt to a very complex scheme early. So he's looking for guys who were smart and were, uh, you know, in that mode with, you know, picking up zone coverages and stuff, and it just didn't work. And now they've completely revamped it to something that you've talked about a lot in this program, which is just get guys who are young and aggressive and athletic, match them up with someone as they go in. And that's what this defense is now, is a lot of just putting Jair Alexander across from their best players that go in. I like it. And and you know what? If you have better athletes than them, it's probably going to work. Tell you what, I, I cover I cover high school football. I like that approach. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's that's a that's a, a very good approach because you you take those uh if if you have you don't need every guy to, to have like a fundamental understanding of like the ins ins and outs of zone coverage. Yeah. You don't need every defensive lineman to have like a great understanding of like blocking schemes and things. Mm -hmm. You need a bunch of guys who really want to beat beat the man in front of them. Yeah, and you do need smart guys. You yeah, know, you you definitely totally. need a few guys who are going to be able to be the eyes and ears of the defense mm -hmm. and provide feedback to coaches. You don't need every guy to do that. Yeah, and I I think that's something that that the new regime understands is that. And it's not about like these guys are smart and these guys are dumb. Like I, I assume every everyone in the NFL sure. is, is pretty know, smart. Yeah, is is pretty smart because you don't get there by accident. But at the same time, like you are not looking for every single guy to fully understand the ins and outs of your playbook. Yeah, not every guy needs to know why you're running, like why a cloud three works. Mm -hmm. Like you don't need to know the ins and outs of everything. And you need why. Blake Martinez. You need one field general. It. You need Tremont Williams to yeah. understand it. Yep. You don't need Mike Daniels doesn't have to know all that information. Yeah, Rashawn Gary isn't gonna understand the defense. Blow year Rashawn one. Gary with that. Tell nope. Rashawn Gary, go fight, go yeah, win. Go get. Go get. Uh they the Packers play in a division that 
mostly drafted offense yeah. in their early rounds and are all looking to improve themselves offensively right now. Yeah. The Vikings had a lot of problems on offense with Kirk Cousins yep. as their quarterback in year one. The Lions enjoyed being the Lions yep. as usual. They, really, they got Hawkinson. Yep. The Vikings got a center in the first round. That's yeah. a pretty good idea because if Kirk Cousins doesn't have to run for his effing life yeah. all the time, which he did a lot of, he he's going to be a better quarterback. Yeah. Because that is not his game. No, he needs a pocket. No, he needs to step in, into his throws. Yep. Uh, Laquan Treadwell also out with the Vikings. That was a... A bust. That was a bust. That was that one was tough to watch a lot of times, even though you're rooting for Laquan Treadwell yeah. to make mistakes yeah. as a it, Packers fan. like And it was something of like, he ran good routes. Oh, boy. He, was, he just could, had no just hands. Just couldn't catch. Yeah, tough, uh, tough series there. So everyone else is looking to improve on offense. Mm-hmm. Gets me to the Bears. There's, we're back to my bullet point. I walked my way around. Um, the Bears are inexplicable, reads this bullet point. They gave up a current pick and a fourth next year to move up in the draft to draft a running back out of Iowa. Not that this guy is a bad running back. No. It's that the Bears most recently were seen trading their actual established star running back to Philadelphia for a can of beans. It's no, it makes no sense. It, and it, I'm baffled. I'm because you read on, and I I didn't write down his name because I'm awesome. But David Montgomery. Your, your read on Montgomery is that with a little development, he's going to be Jordan Howard with yeah. a better pass catching ability. Yeah, is it, that he 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 breaks a lot of tackles. Uh, he's not super fast. He's pretty strong. Sounds a lot like Jordan Howard, uh, except Jordan Howard, you know, was had added a dimension of his game, which was catching the pass. He, mm-hmm. he struggled with that in his first two years in the NFL, and in the last year under Nagy's system, he started to catch passes out of the backfield. He was pretty good at it. Um, and, you know, my, my biggest issue with, with the Bears making that trade is trading a future fourth-round draft pick. This Bears roster is about to get very expensive very soon. And you can't keep all these guys. We saw it this year. You can't turn multiple draft picks into one player. Yep. If you're the Bears right now. If you're looking to maintain success and be good for a long time, you do not, in any scenario, trade a fourth-round pick to trade up. Now, it's different with the Packers who are trying to be good. The fourth-round pick is not what you need right now. You need to get a good starting safety. And so you go get him. In... A world, David Montgomery might be their day one starter at halfback, but you hope that he doesn't touch the ball that much because you'd rather have to read Cohen touching it. Um, you know, Montgomery will probably handle first down and Cohen will handle second and third. But the fourth round pick is so necessary for continuing depth and having depth pieces that can fill in when your expensive guys go away. So we look at the Bears now. Amos is gone. You lost that. You need a fourth-round pick to fill that spot. You have Ha-Ha Clinton-Dix next to Eddie Jackson. Uh, yep. That's and not going to help It's not gonna help. either of them. And Ha-Ha Clinton-Dix on a one-year contract. He's His plan is to play this year, make money, get a bigger, bigger contract He's going to else, do better than he did last year He's for the Packers. He's going to play harder for the Bears than he did last year for the Packers in hopes of getting a big contract somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And now you need to have somebody who can step in and fill that void. They don't have that right now. 
they traded away the fourth round pick. Now, in they traded away next year's fourth round pick. Excuse me, it, it, cornerback. You lose Bryce Callahan. You fill it in with uh, the Jets guy, uh, Amukamura. No, no, no. He's oh, been there. Yeah, there's he's this, been there. Yeah. There's, they filled it in with uh, oh, not Powell. Can we can we play a little noise over this? Uh, Buster Screen. Ah, Buster Screen. Former Jets cornerback. Buster Screen. He's so bad. Um, the point is, like, this team won't be able to stay together because of the contract that Khalil Mack has. If they're going to give a huge contract to Mitch Trubisky in two years, uh, Tariq Cohen's going to want money. The whole wide receiving core is going to want money. The entire defense is going to want money. Akeem Hicks, all those guys are going to want money. You can't keep all these guys together. The hardest thing to do in football is to keep a good defense together for three years. We're going on year three. Khalil Mack can make or break a defense by himself right now. Yep. And that, but that's only right now. Yep. Yeah, he has he has a lot of years left in Chicago, and it's not about what the defense around around him looks like this year it's about in three years it's about what the, yeah it's about what the 2020 defense and and because i don't think the bears looks were, like the bears were not one running back away from making it oh, no 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 in they almost made it last year yeah they were good last year cody parkey just missed a field goal it's just trading away fourth round picks it, when you're a competitive team is the dumbest thing you can do you you you, you can't trade away draft packs when draft picks when you're competitive, especially to move up and get someone. The Patriots selected somebody graded similarly It like a few picks later than the Bears did. Yep. The Bears traded the Patriots their pick to move up to take Montgomery. The Patriots then took a running back, which they didn't need with the Bears pick. Now, look at me and tell me in the eyes that if... <laughs> If if uh, Bill Belichick sees someone who he doesn't need as a positional player, yet he takes them, they're probably insanely good. Yeah, they're probably, they're probably okay. really good. Although Patriots drafting skill positions is hit or miss. Yeah, to a certain extent, yeah. they are. The draft is hit or miss. Yeah, they're they're not they're not quite renowned for for draft particularly in wide receivers, but the Bears are inexplicable right now. That, that, that was just silly. And the Bears didn't also didn't really prove much on the cornerback room until like the sixth round. Um, it just, it was a failure of a draft to me for the Bears. I think one of the worst in the NFL, which is 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 difficult for them. Yeah, they, they didn't take a cornerback until Duke Shelley in the sixth round. Um Prince of Mukamura is not great. Buster Screen is not great. Kyle Fuller had, has had one good year thus far. Uh, you lose Adrian Amos, who's kind of a linchpin for that secondary. I, I think the Bears secondary is going to take a huge step back, a, a massive step back because of this. That's what the division is doing. You've got so many good players in this division. Yeah. You've got so many good teams you at the Packers are going to contend every yeah. year as long as Rodgers isn't playing on one leg. Mm-hmm. You you, I mean, regardless of the talent around him, which has been gradually improving. Yeah, and they, you've got a first year head coach who's going to have a lot to prove. Yeah, in a very Matt Nagy kind of situation from last year. Absolutely. In in that they have, well, they have similar physical characteristics. The two of them. Yeah. 
like a beard. little stubble. Yeah, yeah, but like they also, they also have similar ideas as to what they are being asked to do mm-hmm. to a team. You have yeah. Nagy being asked to take an offense that was garbage and make it into something that can win. Yeah, with the personnel they have. Yeah, you're asking a very similar question of Lafleur, and you have instead of. Fangio, which is what the situation that Nagy walked into, yeah. although Fangio no longer there with the Bears. Mm-hmm. You have Mike Patton, uh, a renowned established, established defensive, defensive guy. I think on, maybe not quite on the level of prestigious Fangio, <laughs> but, but still well regarded. These are similar situations, last year's Bears and this year's Packers. And the biggest difference to me is that the Packers have Aaron Rodgers, the Bears have mm-hmm. I think the difference between any kind of um, front office versus Ryan Pace, yeah, also, yeah, yeah. plays in the Packers' favor. Although Khalil Mack might be the the difference maker there that puts one team over another without yeah. question. Yeah, and and what I really thought the Bears sh- should have been doing is trying to trade back, not trying to trade up, mm-hmm. trade back and collect picks for yeah. the next few years because things are going to get expensive, and you can't keep these guys around forever. This is not. The MLB. This is not the NBA. Guy, you have to start over with a lot of these. Maybe some guys. guys with like huge measurables and yeah, maybe some guys with crazy measurables and uh, a lot of variability. Uh, it just you know, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. The Bears took a second running back in the draft. They took him in the seventh round. They took Kareth White, who's kind of a Tariq Cohen type guy. Um, it just doesn't make a whole ton of sense to me. There's a lot of running backs in that running back room. Yeah, okay. Like six now. The, the, the Bears are a, an eternal mystery. Uh, they'll probably just like, you know, line up all their offensive linemen in the backfield and, and all, the, the, all the running backs on the line. And yep. wide receivers will do the punting. And Yeah, it's evolutionary. It's wild. Uh, next bullet point, Cole Madison returns to the team after a year off following his roommate's death. Yeah. Was drafted by the Packers, was... A late round draft pick, a guy that they expected to show up and be there. Yeah, a fifth rounder. And did not show up and be there, but handled himself in a way where he was able to maintain a relationship with the Packers and he'll be back yeah. in training camp this year by all accounts. Yeah, he uh, reports are that he is in better shape now than he was last year. Um, reports from the front office are that he fits with the Lafleur system better than he did with... Uh, McCarthy system, so he might also be somebody that makes a push for some guard play. Um, you know, it's, it's good to see him back. I think his quote was that the Packers had his his back, and so now he's going to have their back. Um, yeah, complete wild card. Yeah, in that we didn't expect. It's base. It's almost like we get a. The Packers are have another fifth round pick that's coming in this year, willing and ready to prove himself. Um, so, and that news did break in. I believe in front of the draft. Yeah. So you have a GM in Goodkunst who knows that if he was looking at any offensive lineman in the fourth round, he's got one. he's got a guy who already he already knows is you know that he already drafted. Yeah, that he already drafted who is most likely in in some kind of playing shape and yeah. maybe he's ready to go, maybe he's not. That's about what you expect out of a fourth round yeah. offensive line pick. So Yeah. You know, sometimes they're Bakhtiari in the fourth round, sometimes they're yeah. Uh, Jason Spriggs in the second round. You never know. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's Cole Madison being back is a, a a another bolster to the depth on the front line. That's my last 
bullet point All right. for this podcast sure. is the return of Cole Madison. I don't know if there was anything else out there in in Packers land right now. Didn't really see anything. Everyone's I just don't... about talking about Rashawn Gary. And... Yeah, a lot of a lot of Rashawn Gary talk. Um, you know, it 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 was it was was something I've I've watched a lot of like the. I'm not a big pro football focus guy. I'm not a big uh, fan of those kind of analysis places, but all around the interwebs, a lot of, of positive feedback on this draft. I, you know, I, th- I think post-draft grades are basically the only thing more uh, shotgun spray chart than mock drafts themselves. Sure. Um, but I, th- I think the Packers did a good job of drafting the right positions. We'll see if these are players that pan out. Uh, but I think overall, I'm pretty happy with where this draft went in terms of positional value and everything like that. Yeah, you look at the positions of need, and now all of a sudden there are players that exist in them. Free agency went about the same way. I think. Yeah, totally. in that I'm, you you talk to some people, and they they'll tell you Preston Smith, Zadarius Smith, these guys aren't that great. Sure. And you'll talk to other people who say, hey, these are totally acceptable players in their prime, ready to make an impact. Yep. Both coming off of seasons where they really broke out and earned, earned a new contract. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think my biggest, my biggest excitement for those guys is I, I see them working very well in Patton's system in that they don't have to be the most physically talented. They don't have to be a, a, a Khalil Mack, a Von Miller coming off the edge. The point of Petten's scheme is that he doesn't need guys like that. He just needs pretty good guys, a lot of them. And so now with even Kyler Fackrell coming off of a, a decent season, Smith, Zedarius Smith, Preston Smith, Zedarius Smith, Rashawn Gary now, Mike Daniels, Kyle Lowry, Kenny Clark, uh, Kingsley Kiki. There's not like eight guys, n- not even counting Dean Lowry and Tyler Lancaster and, and all those depth pieces that are going to be able to be thrown at a quarterback from a variety of spots on the line and in the box. And I, I, I'm excited to see it just because I think, I think Rashawn Gary is going to open up a lot of, a lot of avenues for him. I think that kind of pressure up front from Gary Clark and Daniels could open up a lot of avenues for Smith to get home. Offense was the big question mark. Like all these positions on defense, all of a sudden there are, there are a bunch of people in that position room that aren't Kentrell, Kentrell Bryson. You're happy. Yeah. Ugh. Offensive, meanwhile, you, know, you you lose Randall Cobb. That's not the biggest loss if you're looking at the team mm-hmm. as far as production. It's 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 the loss of a respected veteran in the position room. Yeah. That, But with Devontae Adams there, that has to be what he's yeah. going to be expected to provide. Yeah. In place of it, Offense is just the big question mark. You're really, if you take a look at a first-year head coach with no head coaching experience who's expected to implement an offensive system, and you get him onto the team, you get him through the meetings, you talk to the general manager, and then you essentially draft one lineman and one tight end. Yeah, and that's all he gets. For him, and that's all he gets. Yeah. You are expecting a lot of change. Yeah, and a lot of improvements to happen based on scheme and people like us who watch every Packer game and watch the the absolute stagnation and then you know the ultimate like um, absolute zero death yeah. of the Mike yeah. McCarthy system. Yeah, 
you know that a scheme is going to change things. Yes. Yeah. Because it just cannot be that bad it because can't, can't get worse. Yeah. You, it cannot get worse than some of the game plans and some of the schemes they were running. Yeah. And absolutely. We talked about it a little bit last week, but I do want to laugh at not last week, but we talked a little bit about it, but I don't know that like the next big McCarthy expose uh-huh. had come out by the time we got to oh, it yeah. on the last episode. The one that included the details such as like I think he it, would skip the planning meetings to get massages. I think that came out the day that we recorded. Okay. I, so yeah, I think it came out like I don't know how much we, we, we had at that, but I am I'm not so much going to say like I take that as truth that that was actually happening that he was so detached from the team that he was just like locked up in his office getting massages yeah. instead of planning football games. Yeah. The product on the field speaks to a definite lack of concentration yeah. Yeah. No. by the coaching staff. Sure. I don't know if it quite went that far, but Mike McCarthy, especially in his comments, you know, he's, you know, anytime you write an expose about someone, you re- you get a comment from them. Yeah. You say like, this is a quote, you know, this is an article, this is a quote we're going to publish. Do you have a, you know, would you like to make a statement about yeah. this? And his incredibly self-serving sanctimonious like attitude yeah towards the press and towards basically everything he has been asked yeah since leaving the packers yeah has borne out his firing in it uh, totally yeah yeah, it makes entire sense yep and i've said that before but like the yeah the most recent article has just been and just put the the seal the nintendo seal of approval yeah yep on his firing and like this is a guy who is so completely out of touch yeah, so fully lost. Yeah, and it's it's unbelievable. And now he's. I would be interesting to see if he what kind of work he gets. You know, if he's in the media, if he starts to occupy like a uh, you know, guys like guys like Greg Jennings, mm-hmm. who you know he put the team on his back, but uh, <laughs> put the team on his back though. Though, <laughs> or uh, I mean, that's your Michael Finley, or he, if he yeah. occupies these guys who like show up on national television to talk about Aaron Rodgers. Yes, yeah. yeah. If if Mike McCarthy becomes reduced to that, sells his soul to be an anti-Rodgers yeah. media yeah. critic. Um, you know, the funny thing about that that Greg Jennings thing is, you know, that's kind of like what Greg Jennings is known most for is his his performance in a video game where he broke his leg. Uh, and Aaron Rodgers actually physically broke his leg and played a whole season on it. He put the whole team on his back, though. Oh, no. Oh, no. Darren Sharper. Darren Sharper. The hardest hitting safety in the league. Uh. <laughs> Let's go into the mind. Of a Greg Jennings. <laughs> <laughs> I got reminded of that video it's this video. week. It's, it's, a, a great it's video. incredible. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think's going on inside the mind of a Greg Jennings? <laughs> oh no, <laughs> Darren Sharper. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got Darren's do, in prison. I got to do this for Madden. <laughs> I got. Mad. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, unfortunately, that video also reminds you of Darren Sharper. <laughs> God, who was in prison for a long time. Yes. Uh, thankfully. Uh, <laughs> all right, do you have uh, anything else? No, that's all I got. All right, cool. That's all I got. <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, yeah, we are still, we're still on Facebook. Follow us there at cheese, uh, the Cheeseheads in Chicagoland group. 
uh, stay tuned for podcasts coming up all through um, all through the summer, and yeah. then we'll uh, we'll start up with uh, weekly episodes once again in the preseason. Yeah, can't wait. I'm really excited. I'm really, really, really excited. If you are out there in this land and want to be a summertime cheeseheads in Chicagoland guest. You can get in touch with me on any of those social medias that I mentioned. We can uh, we can have you in. We can Skype you in. We can make it work. I'm sure there'll be weeks where some of us aren't going to um, want to record the podcast. Yeah. And there'll be availability questions. And I'm hoping to be on vacation for at least a week or two yeah. this, uh, this summer. So if you are out there thinking to yourself, I want to be on Cheeseheads in Chicagoland, even if you don't know a thing about football, it doesn't really matter nope. during the summer. We can talk about anything. About anything, man. But yeah, we've had, I'm trying, I'm going to try and get most likely every guest that we've ever had to come back around again. All right, sure. Because they've all been good. Yeah. Um, in one room. Yeah. A hundred people. Yeah. The, uh, the round, the round tables have been fun. A lot of fun. So it's it's been a lot of fun. So yeah, if if you want to come on the podcast, get in touch with us. Uh, otherwise, leave us a rating on iTunes. Mm-hmm. Apparently, that's helpful for the algorithm. That's what people who know things about algorithms tell me. Um, thank you for listening to our humble podcast. Thank you for continuing to support the Green Bay Packers. Why am I thanking you for that? What I is going know. on? This is episode forty. Goodbye. Uh... <laughs> this is Cheeseheads in Chicago land. Um, people. What should they? What should people do? Stay cheesy. Okay. Hey.